It's time for Blazer's Edge. Blake to inbound. The Blazers have a 20-second timeout. Nate McMillan deciding whether to use it. Blake now throws to Roy. Brandon, a three-pointer out front. Hit it! Yes, he did! Oh, yeah! Batum throws to Lillard. A three for the game. Hey, hey, welcome into another edition of Blazers Edge Radio right here on X-Ray FM. I am your host, Ryan Buchanan, joined as always by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Sam Arnold. We got Stephen Glickman behind the scenes, working hard, running the boards, doing a fine job as always. And Sam, this will be our last show before we take a little uh, summer vacation here. We'll be back yeah, late September, early October. We'll figure it out when the preseason schedule comes out. But the the goal for today's show, so last week was all about the Damian Lillard saga. Yeah. This week, the goal for this week is to talk about that as little as humanly possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and to focus on the guys that we expect to be on the roster going forward. Sound like a plan? Yeah, that sounds like a plan. And, you know, especially because... We still haven't heard any developments on the Damian Lillard front, so not a lot to no, talk about. A lot anyway. of rumors, but nothing rumors, nothing big. Rumors. Yeah. Now there is some other big news, um, Sam, uh, regarding not not necessarily the Blazers, but this this very show. Mm. Uh, I received an email last week that informed me that Blazers Edge Radio, over the last thirty days, is the ninetieth ranked sports podcast. In the country of Slovenia. Oh, Slovenia. Right. Home of Luka Doncic. Yeah, it's probably just Luka. It's Luka fans. It's Lu- Luka, Luka's coming Luka to the Blazers. Luka's you heard it here first. Coming, he's, he's getting intel. Yeah. <laughs> he's getting his family to listen in in Slovenia. Uh, so now, in honor of that, I will be doing the rest of the show in uh, Slovene. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so I hope you brushed up on Yeah, I'm, up I'm on brushed that. up. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm ready. I can't do that, but I can say, Julio. Uh, <laughs> To our friends in Slovenia, all listening. right. Probably just listening for any mention of Luca is my guess. Is yeah. <laughs> well, they got it. They got it. Well, yeah, they got it. They, they got, got it. it. So that maybe will bump us up for another thirty days and move <laughs> up to eighty or something. So uh, that was a fun little nugget. Yeah, that's to awesome. Step out there. You know, I'd love to bump the United States numbers up, but away we'll take what we can get, right? Yeah. All right, Sam. Summer league is over. Blazers failed to defend their championship, much to the chagrin of. Fans around Rip City, because let's be honest, that's about all we have going for us right now is is hoping for a summer league title. Uh, Could have gone better in terms of you know we only saw Scoot Henderson for less than a full game. Shaden Sharp was up and down. Yeah, um, clearly showed that he's a dynamic scorer, but and I'm not going to put a whole lot of stock in his summer league performance. I'm going to put more stock in what we saw last year, right? And, and then we there were some other developments as well. Um the development of uh, a guy like Chris Murray who was really quiet the first uh the start of summer league and really emerged as it went on. Jabari Walker had a tremendous yeah. performance as he 
looks to be a, I think, a bona fide member of the rotation this year. We're going to give our thoughts on what we think the rotation should be coming up. But just kind of your your overall thoughts on on summer league and, and some of the guys that maybe stood out to you. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the the guys that stood out to me most were a lot of these second year players. I mean, Jabari Smith looked completely dominant in the in the two games he played. Jabari Walker. Oh, 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 Jabari you're Smith. talking overall, right? Yeah, right, overall, okay, overall, okay. yeah, overall. Yes, okay, for the um, Rockets, yes. Yeah, I gotcha. Keegan okay. Murray, he only played one game, right? I think Keegan played one and game. And he looked yeah. fantastic. So I, I'm looking for a lot of these second-year guys um, on on kind of teams that are in, in interesting situations to step up next year because mm-hmm. the Rockets, who knows what that roster is going to operate like next year. <laughs> we um, talked about that last week. It's a, yeah, it's a weird roster. It's, it's <laughs> to say the least. Um, yeah. Kings, That's going to be a fascinating locker room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking, you remember when we were talking about like making a Lakers reality show? Oh yeah. I feel like they need to make, well, a they should do Yeah. They've got it in show. the, in the NFL. They have hard knocks. We should yeah. really do that for I the think NBA. So. Cause I there's think so. always at least one team every year and and really quite frankly it's whatever team Kyrie Irving is on yeah. <laughs> probably be number 1 but yeah. the Rockets this year I mean honestly you just do the whole state of Texas this year Yeah, you got Wemby really? and Santa yeah I mean that's going to be, gonna be fascinating to watch yeah. how that all develops between those three teams so yeah I mean yeah and it's a good point and we saw um and it's it's interesting from Jabari Smith because he did not have a good rookie year Right, he right, was a highly exactly. hyped guy. I think I believe he was number three overall, if I'm not mistaken. I believe I know Paula was one. I believe Chet was two. Yep. Right, and Chet had a good summer league as well. Or um, was I think he might have that flipped actually? Was Jabari two and Chet three? Okay, either way, Jabari did not have a very good year. Yeah. And but but he and Chet both had solid summer leagues. Um, and then uh, the big man that really stood out uh, in the Miami Heat game, Orlando Robinson. Looked really yeah, good looked really against good. the Blazers. He's a guy who played a little bit last year. Um, you know, they could clearly use a, a backup center behind Bam um, in Miami, and I think he made a, a big case that um, he could be that guy. Who knows? Maybe he could be part of the package. To <laughs> yeah, really. There I go. I said we weren't going to talk about it, and I talked about it well, anyway. But well, hold on. Let's let's talk about it a little bit because oh if we're looking at these young Miami guys, yeah, a lot of them showed a lot of potential. Yeah. So, I mean, Jaime Jaquez looked good. Uh, Orlando Robinson, like you mentioned, looked good. Um, yeah, he's still young. He's a second-year guy. He's still young. He was undrafted. Yeah. Miami and those undrafted they, guys. They like doing that. They're pretty good at that. Um, by the way, just to correct my correction, you were right. Chet, was, was, Chet was number two. Chet was two. Just to correct my correction. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I mean, these young guys on Miami, they're, they're appealing. It's just – you got to get more for Dame, right. I, and again, I don't want to. I don't want to just play this broken record because I'm honestly kind of sick of talking about oh, it. Oh, I've been sick of talking. I, about I, I think Portland's kind of sick of hearing about I it. I think they are too. That's why I wanted to kind of yeah. talk about something. Yeah. Else. But yeah, I mean, it's worth but, talking about yeah. with with Miami that they look good. They look good. So there is, yeah, maybe a little more than you thought. But I mean, that's not the high. Orlando Robinson is not the highlight of a package. <laughs> yes, your, exactly. Franchise the best all time player, but yeah. he did look good. And the Blazers clearly, as we've talked about, desperately need a franchise center going forward. I don't know if Orlando Robinson could be that guy, but um, I mean he's probably better than Ibu Baji. <laughs> so yeah, I think a lot of people are. Yeah, he did not. And I want to take it easy on him because he missed all of last year, right? So he's you know he's rusty. He's still really young, and they were playing him a lot of minutes. Um, and he did look at. He, he kind of he was up and down, but uh, mostly down to be honest. But 
Um, I don't know. I mean, did you see anything that kind of excited you with him going forward? No, not really. Um, same same with John Butler. Yeah, and that's the thing is you already locked. Now, there is a, um, it's important to note, previously you had two two-way contracts. Of course, the Blazers typically like to only use one. Uh <laughs> For reasons, yeah. Uh, but they do have <laughs> two now. Now you can have three, so they'll probably bump it up to two and leave that third one open, as they like to do for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Ibu and John are already locked into two-way contracts, and neither one of them looked very good. And yeah. John Butler hardly played. Yeah. So that was kind of puzzling to me. Is like you think enough of John Butler that you saw him last year, obviously, and he wasn't very good, mm-hmm. and you signed him to another two-way contract, and then you'd think you'd want to give him a lot of run in summer league, and yeah, you really didn't. So that was kind of put. Now, Ibu Baji did get a lot of run as he was the starting center all five games. Uh, didn't look very good, but at least it makes sense. Like you're 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 confident in him and you're you're giving him some run. But John Butler was really puzzling to me. It's like, why did you sign him already to a two way contract if you're you seem kind of lukewarm on him? Right. I don't know. And right. it's weird. We've talked about last week. He's listed as a center, but he's not really a center. He's more of a small forward in a center's. Well, a center's height, not a center's body, because he's extremely thin. Yeah. Uh, but he is really tall and lanky, but he doesn't play like a bit. Now, he did have a nice block in that last game, but uh, he's a guy who we've seen. He just kind of drifts out to the perimeter offensively. And, I mean, he was guarding. He was on the floor with Baji um, mm-hmm. in uh, Sunday's game, and he was he was guarding small forward. So yeah. he, they don't really view him as a center. Um, and so it's just kind of weird. I don't know what to make of John Butler and the fact that they didn't really play him much at all until really the last game. It's just kind of puzzling why they yeah. why they inked him to another contract. Now, they've still got one open, but um, you'd think you'd want to get the most out of those. I mean, you'd think maybe you'd want to get a look at him in Summer League before you make that official, right? Yeah. I can't imagine a ton of teams are clamoring for him. No, I don't. I don't think so. It's kind of funny. He's kind of like a caricature of Victor Wembanyama. <laughs> Yeah, like he, you take all the goofy things about Victor Wembanyama, and you, you kind of have John Butler, who's like not nearly as good. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if you have a guy like that, why why not? I mean, it That's clearly what summer league is for. That, yeah, so that was puzzling to me that you didn't really play him a whole lot. Well, and if you're not focusing on developing the chemistry between Scoot and Shaden, and obviously Which you, you can't you because yeah. Scoot's, Scoot goes down injured. You don't want to risk that, obviously. It doesn't seem like the injury is anything serious, but you can't take that risk. Shaden didn't really look interested in playing. No, I did not. And, yeah, at that point, why not? You know, just treat this like a G League team at that point because yeah. what, what other reason do you have for <laughs> for not doing it? I, I don't get it. But Yeah, so that was weird. Yeah. Um, your thoughts on uh, Jabari Walker? Um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd prefer to have Trent and Watford on the team still, mm. um, to be honest, but yeah, I mean, fine. I, again, I'm not like nothing about this Blazers team in summer league really impressed me that much other than how Scoot looked in the limited time yeah. he played. Cause he was just hyper. I mean, he did everything you wanted to see and that was, that was great. But other than that, I, I really didn't see anything that was like, oh man, I'm excited for this guy next year. Okay. Yeah, I got that. I I I got that with Jabari. I got um, I I think he's ready to take the next step. And I hope. I, I liked seeing the progression from Chris Murray getting more aggressive, especially in that last game. He really showed his two way, um, not potential because it's there. It's his two way yep. abilities as a as a strong defender. He's a he's a big time three and D guy, uh, who's gonna play a lot of minutes um from the get go this year. But you know overall, um. 
And then a guy like uh, Ryan Rupert. I, I believe his name is Rupert because yeah, Rupert. it was said at the draft, but then every summer league game they kept calling him Rupert. No, that's wrong. It's that's French. That's what I thought. It's French. But yes, Rupert. but yeah. why did every, every single game they were calling him Rupert, but I distinctly remember at the draft him being called Rupert. So, yeah, somebody uh, didn't do their homework. Well, multiple people did because it was like <laughs> four different broadcasts yeah. where they all called him Rupert. So I don't know what was going on there. But Ryan Rupert, um, offensively, is not going to. No. He's not going to give you much of anything. But you can see the defensive tools, yeah, and that's why he was drafted. Defense. And so um, there was some intrigue there with what he, he can offer, and he got some run in summer league, yeah. and that was nice to see. And then a, a couple other guys. I know I talked to him about him last week, but uh, Duop Reef. Mm-hmm. Uh, is really now he's older. He's 27, I believe, and he played at LSU back in the day, and he's played overseas for the last handful of years. But he really, you talk about how Ibu Baji did not look very good. Duop Reith as the backup center throughout summer league looked really good. He looked yeah. like a bona fide NBA backup center, yeah. in my opinion. Now the weird thing about the Blazers is, I mean, you you clearly could use a backup center, but does it make sense to have? someone who's not necessarily on the same time. I mean, it's going to make you more competitive, I think, in the immediate future, but to see... I mean, you could try him out for a couple of years, but it's kind of weird because you prefer someone, I, I think, a younger like an Ibu Baji to kind of develop, whereas Reith is kind of, you know, you know what he is, and, you know, he's going to be solid, but he'd be better, I think, on a on a more contending team that he can help you out right away, uh, as there's not, and there's not a lot more that you're going to develop out of him. Yeah. And, you know, you're waiting on Shaden and Scoot to develop, and the timelines are messed up. Now, I know you're talking about a backup center, so it's probably not that big a deal, but he's a guy that I would really like to – I wouldn't mind seeing on the roster. Uh, but you'd have to sign – he's not a guy who's going to play on the uh, on the Rip City remix. No. Because he's a guy who's played in, in overseas – you can make a lot better money over there. So yeah. if you're going to sign him, you're going to have to sign him to the big club. Yeah, uh, He's not going to take a two-way either, in my opinion. Um, and Steven confirms it is Rupert. So shame on all, all the broadcasters at Summer League for calling him Rupert. Yeah, that's 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 just lazy. That's lazy, yeah. Um, Do better. Uh, but anyway, back to uh, Duop Reed. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to sign him to a legit contract. Now, as it kind of stands right now, uh, you've got... And it's obviously weird because there's a lot of moving pieces right now. But as it stands right now, the Blazers have 12 players under contract on standard contracts. Then you've got your two two-way contracts. You've got one open spot there. You've got three open spots in terms of your uh, standard roster, your 15-man roster. You've got 12 under contract right now. And, of course, that includes the likes of Damian Lillard and Yusuf Nurkic, who we do not expect to be here for a whole lot longer. Yeah. Uh, but they are under contract right now. So that's, and there's no deal um, that's been done. So all we can do is go off what we have, Sam. So, I mean, you've got some open roster spots. Would that be, and you've got a lot of young guys that you look to develop. You, I mean, so it's not like you don't already have a bunch of young guys on this roster. I mean, I was looking last night. You've got, if you take Nurk and Dame out, you have got two players who were born before. Uh, the year 2000 yeah. on this team. Can you name them? Um, you take those two out. Two players born before the year 2000. Uh, Jeremy? Yeah. Uh, sorry, you've got three, yeah, because Jeremy's Kay. one. Yeah. Jeremy. Um, uh, one of them might it, surprise you. Is Justice still officially on the roster? He's not on the roster. Okay. 
For some reason, um, Kevin Knox is still on the roster, but he yeah, he's, they declined he's, he's his option, so I don't know why um, he's still listed. Uh, I don't but, know. I'm stumped. Uh, Ant just oh, barely make yeah, the cut okay. uh, June of 99. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy is the old man now. Yeah. Well, well, Dame's still technically the old man. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jeremy, the old man, uh, uh, he is born in 94. And then uh, Matisse Thibel, recently re-signed Matisse Thibel, oh, was yeah, born yeah, in yeah. 97. Yeah. So those are your old heads now. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. So you, uh, the youth movement is here, no yeah. question about it. And looking at that, I was like, yeah, I can kind of see why Davian asked out. After yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, I mean, so you're lucky. You've got a very young roster, so you could use some more kind of experienced players is what I'm getting at. And I'd like to maybe see a guy like Duop Reith get a shot here, you know. And, and maybe, you know, um, I mean, honestly, he could probably be your starting center. Yeah. And then you've, you've got a guy like Ibu Baji who can maybe kind of learn under him. Um, so I'd I'd love to see him get a shot. I liked what they what they got there. Michael Devoe, another guy who really stood out. He didn't even play the first game, and then he uh, took over for Scoot as the starting point guard, and he really impressed. Now his yeah. problem is that's a position where you've got just all kinds of players at, mm-hmm. so it's a it's going to be tough for him. But he is under contract um, with the Rip City Remix, so we will be seeing him. He and uh, Antoine Davis. Uh, we saw a little bit. He acted as the backup point guard, uh, a rookie out of Detroit Mercy. Uh, it, you might remember that name because he's the guy who came within a couple points of breaking Pete Maravich's all-time scoring record. Uh, and you wouldn't know it watching <laughs> in Summer League, but he was a really good uh, collegiate scorer. Um, they are under contract with the Whip City Remix. So you, you've got a yep. couple guards there, so you don't need to get him on the big league club So he, right. because you're going to be able to watch him there. And as I mentioned, you're loaded at guard. Um, but kind of looking at everything else, Sam, um, another guy that caught my attention, he didn't play a whole lot, but he, he stood out and he played a, a few games last year. That's Justin Manaya. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's the guy started out at South Carolina, played at Providence, and he is just your quintessential hustle guy and a solid defender. Now the, you know, if he could develop a jump shot, uh, particularly a three-point jump shot, I think he could he could stick in the league. But right now he's basically a defensive-only guy. Uh, but he's a guy who intrigues me, and we didn't see a whole lot of him. But from what you saw last year, and I remember watching him back in college at both South Carolina and Providence, he's a guy who definitely stood out to me as someone who's worth a shot. And this is the perfect team to do it on yeah. because you can allow him to develop. So this is... This is the great time for the Blazers to take a shot at some guys that are not necessarily ready or not necessarily bona fide NBA players right now, but you can kind of give them tryouts throughout this year. As you're looking at this year's probably a wash in terms of contention, right? But you're looking to develop talent so that you've got a real opportunity here, and I think you've got to take a long, hard look at a lot of these guys. I think we'll see it in preseason as well as you bring some more guys in and see, uh, see who can crack this roster. And I, yeah. I think... That is the main reason that in the impending trade is why you see the three open roster spots still is you're kind of you're kind of you're, a you're in wait and see mode but b you want to maybe give yourself some uh, wiggle room yeah. if a guy really stood out maybe in summer league or coming up in a couple months in preseason yeah yeah definitely I mean you have a lot of flexibility which is well. You hypothetically have a lot of flexibility. It's kind of tied up right now. It you is will, tied up. You will eventually have a lot of flexibility. Yeah, my my thing is, like, especially with Duop, like, he's 27. Yeah. Nurk's 28. So 
to I'd me, rather if you're, watch doo-wop because yeah, here's the thing. For sure. He's going to bring it every night. But what I'm saying is Portland needs to craft an identity for what next season means very quickly. Yeah. Because if, if they are saying next season's going to be a wash, let's tank again, get another good draft pick, then just play your young guys the whole right. time and, and lose games. It doesn't matter. Well, you don't have a lot of non-young guys to play. True, <laughs> true. But, you know, I mean, I, I yeah. I, I think if you're if you're going in for best roster makeup and you want to take an approach like the Oklahoma City Thunder did last year mm-hmm. and kind of surprise people and shake some things up, then yeah, you know, I I would be all for signing Duop and you know, hopefully having him as a backup center like you mentioned and and try to get a, a nice young center um, out of this Dame trade would be great if you can get it like a three team deal and somehow land a guy like Nick mm-hmm. Claxton here, I'm, I'd be salivating. Um, but I, I don't know how realistic any of that is. So, yeah, yeah I mean, well, he's not, and I'm not saying he's not your he's not your franchise. He's not center your building block, forward, but no. he's a stop the gap guy that I think again some of the young guys like a Ibu Bagji can kind of learn under because you need, yeah you well, need some veteran players on your roster. You can't have just definitely. a bunch of twenty year olds. Yeah, and what the other thing that's nice about him is you'd be able to get him for a minimum contract. Exactly. So you're saving money, um, but again, you, this all this—you're not going to sign with a five-year deal. It's going to be a one or two-year deal. Yeah, Give him hope, a shot. Well, see what he can do. The poor <laughs> Blazers like to <laughs> throw those five-year deals to out. A ten-year deal. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it really all this depends on what happens with Dame and what happens with Nurkic. Because as it is right now, everybody in Portland is speculating that Nurkic is not going to be part of the roster rotation and that he's going to be a piece in the Dame trade. Which he should, yeah, hundred percent should. And that's more of a you have to take Nurk if you take exactly, <laughs> exactly. But right. we don't know what the front office is thinking. They might be thinking, you know, let's let Ant and Nurk run the show, which would be a disaster. But yeah, I mean, this front office has made some disastrous decisions before. Yeah, I mean, we honestly, could be in that boat. Come if Dame is sitting out, Yusuf Nurkic should really be sitting out because there's no reason to play him. Yeah, on I a rebuilding. Totally team. agree. Totally agree. But we don't know. Again, I mean, I'd rather get a guy, a hustle guy like Reith, who's going to bring it. More fun to watch. You know, Nurk is not yeah. very fun to watch. He's more frustrating than fun. Definitely. And I think you could use, you're going to have a young, um, energetic team, and I think Reith fits in a lot more. Can you imagine Nurk playing alongside like a Scoot Henderson? No. <laughs> he can't, Absolutely right? yeah. not. It's, Absolutely. it's just not going to work. Yeah. So you need a, a quick athletic rim running center yeah. to play with Scott. And that and again, none of these names solve your big man solution going forward, but no. for this year's purposes, you know, we'll see. If you can't get your guy, try a couple guys out. And yeah. I'm not ready to close the book on Ibu Baji just but off of five summer league games. No, definitely not. So I, I think give we got a chance. Yeah. We gotta give um we gotta give him some more time to develop. Again, he missed basically all of last year. Uh you can text us at the X ray text line uh 971-220-5979 if there's anything you want to talk about the uh kind of the state of the team right now some guys that impressed you in summer league around the league as well if you want to talk about that 971-220-5979 that is 971-220-5979 on the x-ray text line and sam now let's kind of look more big picture now that Summer League is out and we're a couple months out from uh, training camp and, and based off the guys that we have on the roster right now, let's kind of map out, in, in our opinion, how we think the rotation should look going into next year based off based off who's on the roster. And for, for the purposes of this experiment, we're going to exclude Damon Nurk. 
Yeah. I fair. think we can both agree on fair. that, right? Definitely. Um, but everybody else is on the table. You go with the guys that are on the team right now, not a hypothetical, maybe Tyler Hero, maybe, you know, yeah, somebody yeah, else. Yeah. So we'll go with based off who you have right now going into this season, who do you like as the starting center? So we're saying who do I like or who do I think it's gonna be? Well both well, we'll go both. Now <laughs> if we I'm looking at it here because Dreeth is not on the roster. Yeah. You, there's not much of an option here unless you go really small if you're taking Nurk off. So I mean, yeah, it it kind of has to be Baji. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate by default starter <laughs> because you're the only guy left, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I guess yeah. yeah that so that's kind of a wash. So we'll forget that. Okay, but centers. A de- you you don't have a, a good center going forward. That's no. that's the that's a a major that's a very clear and present issue right yeah. here is that that's a, a gaping hole yeah. in your roster and has been. So we'll we'll skip that position because <laughs> there's not a lot there right now. But. Starting at power forward, you've got some options. Now, obviously, this was Jeremy yeah. Grant last year. He's probably going to be there again. Mm-hmm. However, he's more of a three because he is not a good rebound. He's one of the worst rebounding kind of power, if you call him a power forward. He is not a good rebounder. Yeah. You'd much rather see him at the three. I would like to see uh, Jabari Walker get mm-hmm. a shot as more of a true kind of power forward Um and and he shown he can he can shoot the uh, outside shot as well. He's really he's been improving on that. You saw that in summer league. Yeah. So I'd like to see him get a shot as uh, as your four. And I think as it stands right now, there's going to be some opportunity for him as a really small ball five as well. Yeah, definitely. But in an ideal situation, I've got Jabari Walker as my starting four. Yeah. Uh, see I- what you got. See if he's capable of it. Right. I I totally agree with you. I think it still has to be Jeremy just because of the other three positions cuz I don't I I think the 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 people that you're slotting in at those other three positions are all better than Jabari Walker and so I feel like you have to prioritize that and you know Jeremy like you mentioned he is not a good rebounder but most of that is because he's just hanging out on the three-point arc the whole time. So we'll see. If Jeremy takes a more aggressive offensive role and he becomes kind of the focus of the offense, he might be closer to the rim a little bit more often. Um, so we'll see. I, I'm still putting Jeremy there if we're if we're holding on to him, which <laughs> we are. Oh, you're hanging um, on to Jeremy. Nobody's <laughs> taking that contract. Yeah, but... Uh, Jeremy will be on the roster for five more years. Yeah, I can guarantee probably. you that. Um, yeah, I'm going with Jeremy, though. Just best player. Okay. Now, to your point, Sam, you talked about when he was more involved on offense. His year, um, his first year in Detroit, uh, when he averaged 22 a game, he was at 4.6 rebounds. This year, he was at uh, 4.5. So even when he was kind of the focal point, the rebounding still was not right there. That's just not. He's just not. He is a career four-rebound a game guy, which is not what you want to see out of a guy who's uh, 6'8", but that's just just who he is, right? That's who he is. So I, I, you've got him at your at your four. That's yeah. what you think has got to happen. Yep. So I've got him as my three. Um, so now who, who are you starting at the three then? You don't have to yeah. start three guards, Sam. I know, I know Chauncey Billups has made me think that that's, he's that's how – that. A, that's what's going to happen, but that's why I want to talk about what you want to see happen, not what Chauncey Billups wants to yeah. see. Because I can tell you what the starting lineup's going to be. It's going to be Nurk, Jeremy, Shaden, Ant, Scoop. Probably. <laughs> I yeah. say that with about ninety five percent confidence that if this is the roster you have going into the going into the year, that's gonna be your starting five whether you like it or not. I'm gonna say I would I wanna see Matisse Thibel start okay. at the three. 
And he's a guy who's a little, he's still kind of a guard, but he's, he's one of about five. a dozen players who are 6'5". Yeah, you've side. got a gluttony of guys at 6'5". <laughs> Let's not forget about Nasir Little. Yeah, uh, and, he, and that was who I was going between, but I, I like the defense in a starting lineup a little bit more than coming off the bench. So, And Matisse looked really good when he was starting um, towards the end of the season. I, I liked yeah. how he fit in with that that group and of it's guys, good to have a strong defensive-minded guy yeah. in your starting line, yeah. right? And you're you're going to have that in Scoot Henderson too. Yep. Now, is that's exactly. an added kind of factor? Yeah. So you get both those guys on the floor. It could be a, actually a pretty good defensive squad. And okay, so you're going Matisse there. Yeah. So shooting guard, you're yep. going. Uh, sh- you got to be going Shaden, or are you going Ant? Are you bring Shaden off the. Bench? I I want to go Shaden. So that's that's my pick. We all know it's going to be Ant. Well, I think it's going to be both Ant and Shaden. You, yeah, I mean, I could see that you make a good point with Tybalt if they wanted to, um, because here's the thing with the politics of it. Yeah. Shaden is not going to bump Ant out of his starting. Exactly. Spot. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And I, I feel like so they're either both starting or it's Ant. It's not going to be Shaden over Ant. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Chauncey is going to have a a, in his opinion, brilliant idea to have Shaden be this. Uh, spark plug six man when we all know that should be Anthony Simons role. Kind of seems to He's, fit him more too. Anthony right? Simons is like that kind of seems like the perfect role for him. Yeah, I was I was just talking to my buddy last night about Anthony going on this team and I said, "You know what? He's like He's like an evolution of Lou Williams. He's like a yeah. better version of what Lou Williams you was. Just and look get how him good Lou into. Williams yeah. was, was. And I feel like man. for all we talk about how he's never going to come off the bench, that's not because we don't think that Ant would accept that role. No, it's it's because of the coaching staff. It's because I think that yeah, Chauncey Billups won't do it more than Ant. I I feel like Ant's the kind of player that would accept that I, role. I think he would do whatever's best for the team. Yeah, he definitely seems like that kind of guy. But you've got to. That's where your coach has got to step in and and make that move. And you've got to you've got to communicate to him that this is not only the best situation for the team, but this is a really good situation for you. Yeah. where you're the guy. And that's you're unquestionably yep. the guy in that second unit. You know, as the starters kind of get to tire, you come in and you, bam, you take that baton exactly. and you take over. And we've seen how good Ant is in that role when he takes he's done the it baton. Before. He's yeah, very, behind very uh, good. behind Damon CJ. Yeah. yeah, so he's done it before as an up and comer. But now, as it turns out, he's one of your veteran guys, which <laughs> seems really weird to say. But very weird. It's true. I mean, at five years, it's uh, he is the. Again, if you take Dame and Nurk out, he is your second longest tenured player in terms of NBA service time. It's Jeremy Grant by a long shot at nine years. This is Ants now. Will this be his fifth year or was last year his fifth year? Let me look this up. Uh, Last year was five, so this will be his sixth year. Um, And then after that, just behind him, Nasir Little is your third longest tenured guy going into his fifth year. So that's crazy to think about that those are – Jeremy makes sense, but Mm -hmm. your other quote-unquote veterans are – and then Matisse Thibel is entering his fifth year, but he's a little bit older because he stayed at at Washington. But those are your your veterans. That's really weird to think. I still can't wrap my hand around that, that all of a sudden Anthony Simons and Nasir Little will become your veteran players. (laughs) So – and then point guard is pretty obvious. Yeah, it's got to be Scoot. It's got to (laughs) be It's one of two guys. It's either – Something changes and Dame comes back, or it's yeah. Scoot Henderson, right. right? So that that's where you've got that is kind of the one position where there's really no question about it. Yep. That's going to be Scoot. Um, so yeah, and we'll see. And then I'd be curious to see. I, I feel like a guy like a Chris Murray 
could work his way into the starting lineup as the season progresses yeah. because the thing about him is I'd almost prefer him over Matisse Thibault just because he's bigger. He's yep. more of a true forward, whereas Thibault's only 6'5". He plays yep. a little bit bigger than that. But I think Murray's got a shot. I'm looking at this team, Sam, and it's weird because you're going to have Jeremy for the next five years, and I think that's going to... I think the length of that contract is going to really come back to bite the Blazers because... Of course it will. You're In the last... I don't think it's going to be as big of an issue year one or year two, but in the as this team starts to develop its identity, you're going to have this weird um, dynamic where you've got Jeremy Grant money wise as your guy, but he's probably not part of the your lineup going forward, and he's going to be on. It's going to be it's going to get weird. But uh, as I'm looking at this team right now, I think you've got uh, potentials of four-fifths of your starting lineup going forward. Now, this is assuming everybody works out. I think it's pretty obvious the guards, your backcourt of the future is going to be uh, Scoot and Shaden, and then either Ant is your sixth man or Ant is gone, right? Yeah. Um, but I'm looking at, at, at my forwards going going forward. Um, I, think you've, I think there's a strong possibility that uh, Murray, especially Murray, and then to a lesser extent, Walker, those guys could be possibly your forwards going forward. And then you're really a center shy of uh, kind of a, a nice young starting lineup going into the future. And right. obviously you can upgrade if something comes up. Right? I'm not saying Jabari Walker is the best option in the world at, at power forward. But I think especially Chris Murray, I think you've got uh, your your small forward, your shooting guard, and your and your point guard pretty much lined up for the future if, if they all pan out. Yeah, you know what? I this kind of reminds me of the position we're in and honestly the the great amount of flexibility we have this feels kind of like that rebuilding Cavs team where it, it just feels like we're on like a, a catapult to relevance very quickly yeah because they, I remember talking about when LeBron left it was like that team's going to be awful forever yeah because they've got Kevin Love and that's it like they've yeah. got nothing yeah. on that team and all of a sudden all it takes Sam is to nail a couple draft yep. picks in a row and that's yep. what they did right yep it was and it was it's funny because the first one was Sexton mm-hmm. who is now gone and yep. was the afterthought but you hit on um Darius Garland yep you hit on Evan Mobley yep well they haven't well, well you you acquired Jared Allen Jared that was Allen. a big one yep. for them and all of a sudden boom you're two or three years ahead of schedule exactly. so that could be something where you're looking at this Blazer team as we're thinking oh they're going to be bad for a while don't be don't expect it but don't be surprised if you know these because you've got uh, clearly a lot of talent right if every now the issue is going to be how much is uh, a lack of good coaching going to hold right. back, and exactly. that's obviously a major issue. But this team is is got the potential to arrive a little bit ahead of schedule. Yeah, definitely has the potential because you're you're thinking like with with this Dame trade, you're bringing back a lot of assets that are helping that cause even more. And you know, I'm I'm really hoping that the front office is prioritizing a a very good young center to to kind of build that. Okay, well, that's what we're talking around. about. That's the, that's your gaping hole right exactly. now. Is that's where you don't really see anyone going forward as it stands right now that you feel comfortable with as your yeah. franchise center. But imagine you slot in a guy like Nick Claxton to this team. Yeah. I mean, that's a very good team in like a year or two. And that's a team that could potentially be fighting for a play-in spot exactly. in if not this year, next yeah. year, yeah. you know. Very much so. And and a and a play-in spot for a young team is what you want. A play-in spot for a veteran team seems like the worst thing in the world. 
Yeah. But a play-in spot for a young team like this could be very valuable. You don't look at it necessarily of going out of the lottery. You look at it, you've got your core, you need playoff experience. And that's where the play-in can be a really good thing as opposed to a negative that we've viewed it for the last few years, whereas it's a a what's-the-point. Right. So as the play in for the if this team is competitive, I don't think people should if this team, you know, jumps out and is competitive. I don't think people now I'm not saying they're going to win 15 games in a row to start the year, but you shouldn't look at it like if this team is ahead of schedule, you should be happy about that. You shouldn't yeah. you shouldn't want to necessarily tank this year. You're probably not going to be that good. But if the team ends up a lot better, view that as a positive and don't look at it, oh, we're not going to get a good lottery pick because yeah. the, the draft this year as it stands doesn't appear like it's going to be great, certainly mm-hmm. not what we saw this year in terms of the top uh, level talent, so you should welcome a play. If this team somehow competes for a play-in spot, you should welcome that because that's yeah. the next step is getting this team valuable playoff experience. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think you should view that negative. Again, don't expect it, but if it happens, just be happy for it. We've tanked for two years. Right. We don't need to tank anymore. We've got you've got kind of the bulk of your core as you figure built up. Now you're kind of looking to develop that and add some pieces here and there. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And coming up on the other side, we will have our three questions brought to you by New Deal Distillery. This is Blazer's Eggs Radio on X-Ray FM. Support for X-Ray comes from Beeline Urban Delivery. Beeline supports businesses with access to zero-emission delivery, warehousing, and advertising services. More at b-linepdx.com. Support for X-Ray FM comes from New Deal Distillery, located in southeast Portland for over 15 years. New Deal Distillery makes craft vodka, gin, bourbon, rye, rum, liqueurs, and more. New Deal spirits are available in their tasting room as well as cocktail lounges and liquor stores near and far. For more information, visit NewDealDistillery.com or their tasting room at 900 Southeast Salmon Street. Support for X-Ray FM comes from Spielman Bagels and Coffee. Opened by Rick Spielman and his son Raf, Spielman has been serving handmade boiled and baked bagels and coffee since 2011. Their flagship store can be found on Southeast 21st and Division, or find one of their other shops on Northwest 23rd and Lovejoy, Northeast 22nd and Broadway, or in Multnomah Village. Back at it here on Blazers Edge Radio. Before we get to our three questions, we do have a tweet rolling in, and we'll talk about this briefly, Sam. Okay. Now, Stephen, your job here is to make sure that we don't get uh, lose focus and talk about this for 10 minutes. So at... at 143, we've got to move on whether you like it or not. So you just start in on that question. You cut me off right away because we cannot spend too much time on this. But I do want to mention it because we had somebody text this in. You probably saw, Sam, that Dame liked a tweet a couple days ago um, alluding to the fact that the the Blazers need to sell the team to Phil Knight. Did you see that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that became a big deal. Damian Lillard came back uh, like a day later and apologized. He didn't necessarily say it was wrong or that he was hacked, which is funny. I figured he'd go to hack, but he, he, he apologized uh, to one Jody Allen. So that begs the question, uh, since he openly expressed, as it appears, his dissatisfaction with ownership for the first time, do you think this could influence the impending sale of the team? And for me, it's no, because I feel like 
I feel like you've got things have gone too far to kind of yeah. turn back around, right? They've kind of I feel like they've reached the point of no return. I could be wrong, but that's kind of how it feels to me. Now, I would love that. If that if this is just a long play to get Jody Allen out, then <laughs> bravo, yeah. Dane. Let's build the statue right now because yeah. that would be fantastic. But I don't see that happening. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think they're in too deep now, and yeah. it's one of those things where I think she's going to be even more stubborn yep. because she's probably realized that it's the wrong decision, and now she, if she admits that, it makes it look yep. even worse. Yep, she's just going to dig her heels in, unfortunately. Yep. So, unfortunately, very. We would so, all love that. We would oh, all yeah, love I'm that. I'm all for it. That would be great because that's as we've talked about. That's the big issue with this team is yep. bad ownership. And bad coaching, we yep. talk about as nauseum, but bad ownership, you know. The snake rots from the head, Sam. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, that's what's happening. Exactly. No other way to put it. Okay, Stephen, it is now time for three questions brought to you by New Deal Distillery. They have been located in southeast Portland since 2004. They make craft vodka, gin, bourbon, rye, rum, liqueurs, and more. Their spirits are available in their tasting room at 900 Southeast 7th Street, as well as cocktail lounges and liquor stores near and far. More information, as always, is available at NewDealDistillery.com. And, Stephen, what is our first question this week? Our first question this week is, what should Shaden and Scoot's backcourt nickname be? And I just want to warn our listeners in advance, the Beatles is not acceptable. The Beatles is not? Okay. I kind of like that. I didn't think of that, but um, although you need a couple other guys for that to really make sense. But I've, I've got a couple ideas. So this has been hot on my mind. Okay. Uh, the I had last a feeling. I had a feeling you were going to come in hot with yeah. this. <laughs> I've got a couple. I've got a couple different ideas to throw at you. But do you have any that you'd like to throw at me first? Because yep. let me preface this by saying, the great backcourts, you know, the Splash Brothers. Yeah. I believe that the main reason that the Dame. CJ McCollum never worked out is because they never had a really good. That's why. But you know we That's tried why it didn't the, work. the McLillard and you know it never worked out. You had Dame time, but CJ didn't have a nickname, and I think that's really ultimately more than anything what held that that <laughs> team back from reaching its full potential. Yeah. So we got Scoot. We already got Scoot, which is fantastic, right? Yeah. So that's that's a good. Really, we're looking for a nickname of Shaden that you can play on the Scoot deal. So I'm I'm coming up with a a combined backcourt name. Okay. I didn't come up with a Shaden name that works with Scooter. I got a combined name. Okay. What do we got? This is not ever gonna happen, and you'll know why as soon as I say it. Okay. My nickname for them is the Ant Killer, because hopefully if they play well, it keeps Anthony Simons on the bench. Oh my God. <laughs> what about Raid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, not gonna happen. Wow. Love you, Anthony Simons, is, but it's wow. it's brutal. Shots fired. I'm sorry. Poor Anthony Simons. I'm sorry, Ant. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that is ingenious, though. <laughs> that is that is tremendous. But yes, it will. In nicknames that are are uh, incredibly um, genius, but will never happen. That yeah. one is in the hall. Of Fame. Could you imagine if if your backcourt nickname was a slide on see, somebody I else see on some the bootleg team. shirts being made up with that with the yeah. two faces and the ant killer? Maybe wow. I should maybe I should trademark that oh, right man. now. You probably should, but sell yeah. them outside. I don't the think they'll let you in the arena with that shirt. Um, okay, so I've got a cut. That was good. I was not expecting that. That's good. Um, you're aiming aim for the for the sliding and other things. <laughs> typically not an avenue you go when you're looking at team nicknames, but it's, it's certainly it's certainly uh, original, and you will get full credit for that. I've got a couple ideas. Yeah, let's hear okay. Them. Um, now one that doesn't real now. <laughs> 
I will say that none of these really make sense for Shaden. It's more trying to shoehorn him in with sure, Scoot. Sure. Um, so that's kind of what I'm going with. But my first one is Scoot and Skeet. Okay. The Scoot and Skeet show. Okay. Um, it's, I kind of like that one, but I got a better one. Okay? okay. And I'll preface this by saying I'm not at all a country music fan. Okay. But in this, in this scenario, I think this makes the perfect sense. I think Shaden becomes Boot. And you got the boot scooting boogie in the blazer backcourt. <laughs> what do you make of that? Can we think of a good way to a reason to call Shaden Boot? Because if so, that's that's a winner, right? You just gotta force it on him somehow, and you got a winner. The boot scooting booty. <laughs> and then you get the shirt where instead of Brooks and Dunn, it's it's Shaden yeah, and Scoot. Yeah, yeah. You get him dressed up in Western gear, and yeah, I think there's some real. Um, Real potential there. Yeah. So that's what I. What do you think? I like it. I like. I kind of like yours better, but it's inappropriate. It's, so yeah, it's not gonna it. happen. But Stephen, <laughs> you got any grand ideas? The only thing I was thinking of was something like, it's two guys whose names start with S. Yeah. But instead of two S, you say it three S because you're hoping that they're gonna be shooting lots of threes. But I, I, I just. Shaden Sharp is a great player, but he doesn't have a nickname. Scoot but is just amazing. But he's got a amazing. great name. Name is yeah. is yeah. I'd love to. I'd love to play on Sharp, but yeah. it doesn't right. It doesn't go with Scoot, right? <laughs> so that's where you're kind of you're. You've got these dueling names right. that you right. got to shoot. Well, together. you know, it's like in. I think in the military, there's like a marksman, a sharpshooter, and an ace. Yeah. For you know, and you could have the, the sharp scooters, but the sharp scooters. I, I think we're just really in a tough. Like, let's just hope they play well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're, if you if you feel well, you're gonna play well, and you feel well when you got a cool nickname. That's true. So that's where it starts. But so are we saying that maybe we just we uh, we approach Scoot about changing his name to Ace? <laughs> we say, hey, hey Scooter, what if we what if we rebrand you as Ace to, to kind of fit in more with Shaden here? <laughs> the Mar- Ace and the Marksman, or Goose and Maverick, or something like that. <laughs> We'll see. Force them to change their Force names. Them to change. change their How style. <laughs> Get Shaden Sharp to start wearing cowboy boots so we can call him the boot. The boot. <laughs> That's all we got, man. That's all we got. Oh, um, man. Okay, Stephen, now on to more serious issues. Uh, question number two. Question number two is, who was the best coaching hire this offseason? And now before you answer, Sam, I'm going to give you your, your candidates here. Okay. The Detroit Pistons replaced Dwayne Casey with Monty Williams. The Houston Rockets replaced Steven Silas with Ime Udoka. The Milwaukee Bucks uh, replaced Mike Budenholzer with Adrian Griffin. The Philadelphia 76ers replaced Doc Rivers with Nick Nurse. The Phoenix Suns replaced Monty Williams with Frank Vogel. And the Toronto Raptors replaced Nick Nurse with Darko Rajakovic. So I ask you, who made the best coaching hire or coaching replacement uh, this offseason? The Pistons. Um, okay, I figured you were going to say that because yeah. that kind of seems like the obvious. And I almost said you can't pick Monty Williams. Okay. But I was going to wait to see what you said. So now I'm saying you can't pick Monty Williams. Okay. In that case... You I'm, had to kind of feel that was coming, right? Yeah, I did. Because it's the easy choice. It's and the easy Especially because, yeah. I mean, Dwayne Casey's still in the front office. So, I mean... Right. Yeah, it's just great hire by them. Um, can I tell you my favorite and, I, and my least favorite? Yeah, oh, absolutely. So... 
If I'm not going Monty Williams, I love Nick Nurse for the 76ers because I think Doc Rivers was holding that team back so a it's, lot. So it's not so much about Nick Nurse. It's, it's more about get Doc out. <laughs> and Nick Nurse is a good coach. So you're you're replacing a good coach, well, hypothetically a good coach with a good coach. So you're not like, it's, it's kind of a lateral move, but you're, you're getting a culture shift, which is drastically what Philly needs. Yeah. Uh, my least favorite by far is Phoenix bringing in Frank Vogel because I, I don't believe in Frank Vogel as a coach at all. I think this is not going to help them at all. I think you, you lose one of the best coaches in the NBA in Monty Williams, yeah. and you bring in one of the most overrated coaches in NBA history in Frank Vogel. Yeah, and it's funny. In uh, About a month or so ago, Peter Sampson, the original host of that show, came in. And he actually shed some light on that um, that made a lot of sense. And he basically said that, in his opinion, Frank Vogel was brought in to be the fall guy and to kind of manage the egos because he has that experience before in L.A. Yeah. And so from that perspective, it kind of makes sense. From an X and O's perspective and a, 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 a getting a True. good team, it yeah, doesn't. Yeah. But in terms of, That's you know, point. you've got a ton of personalities now on that team. And that is one thing you can say about Frank Vogel is that he has experience managing that. He won a championship with the Lakers doing it. Right. Yeah. So That's a good point. from that perspective, it does make sense. Steven? So my thought is actually that Houston hiring Ime Udoka is actually a really, really great that, move. That was going to be mine. He he came in one season with the Celtics. He showed that in a good organization, he could coach really well. The downside of Ime Udoka the is... The downside is the Rockets are not a good organization. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the other thing is, this is a guy who cheated on Nia Long. So right. you have to question his judgment. With a coworker. Yeah, it, it, that was bad. But if he learns from that, I think he's a good guy to develop young talent. Yeah, I mean, clearly he's a good coach. We saw it in 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 uh, Boston. So I yeah, I like it too. I like it. I mean, if you're again, if you're Houston, what have you got to lose? I mean, you're throwing eighty million dollars at Dylan Brooks. You, you're just trying. You're just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks at this point. So yeah. I mean, what the hell? Why yeah. not? Right? Yeah, he's a good coach. So from that perspective, it's like yeah, if there's anything. If there's any team that can just roll the dice on Ime Udoka and yeah. and you know hope that he doesn't um, sleep with his coworkers again, <laughs> yeah, um, it's Houston, right? What do you got to lose? So yeah, yeah I'll go with uh, I'll go with Ime there. Okay, uh, but I do like the Sixers too, just because I do believe that Doc Rivers, much like the Clippers, he's, he's holding them back. Yeah, and so you just need a new direction, no matter who it was. And I'm curious to see what Nick Nurse will be like on a new team, because all we know him as is the Toronto Raptors Nick Nurse. So now he's got a, a very talented roster. We'll see. Um, and we'll see what he can do. They're also a bit in flux with the James Harden situation. Yeah. Uh, but you got Joel Embiid, who's the MVP. Yep. You got Tyrese Maxey, so you figure you can do something there. Yeah. Uh, question number th- three. Now, this is this is courtesy of the research uh, of one Stephen Glickman. Uh, that you, you made a fantastic little... Uh, spreadsheet that you sent to me so Stephen, uh what is our third question this week so our third question this week is is the third pick just as good as the first historically yeah and now you went back and you did the research and i'm pulling it up now um now sam i tried to send this to you but you've got an android so yeah. you cannot get pdfs no. and via text so shame on you for that but luckily i've got it so i can read it to you perfect uh so we're going back all the way to 1983 40 years and steven has compiled the first pick versus the third pick and steven now you've got your magic whiteboard i'm gonna need you to keep tally here um of uh who's gonna win out at the end because we're gonna judge it first first third who's the winner and there's some where they're both winners but you're picking the better winner and there's some where there's two losers and you're picking the the best loser uh we'll start off 1983 we got ralph sampson and rodney mccray 
I'm going to chalk that one up to uh, Ralph Sampson. Yeah, I think that's... I'm going to kind of give my take. If there's any you disagree on, then you can can feel free to chime in. But we'll go 1983 is a winner for number one. 1984 is uh, one of the better drafts of all time uh, for most teams. (laughs) Uh, Hakeem Olajuwon went number one. Michael Jordan went number three. And uh, not to be outdone, the Portland Blazers got uh, Sam Bowie in that draft. Not mentioned here. We'll go Jordan, but yeah. I mean that's a hell of a draft for both yeah, teams. So both winners, but clearly yep. it's it's MJ. Uh, so we're at one one here. Uh, Nineteen eighty five, Patrick Ewing and Benoit Benjamin. This is an obvious one. Yep. This is Patrick Ewing. Is you're seeing in the eighties, it was the the reign of the big man and yep. how that has changed. Although yep. maybe it's maybe it's coming back with just a different yep. breed of big man. So we'll go that there. Nineteen eighty six, Brad Doherty and Chris Washburn. We'll go Brad Doherty. Yep. Had a nice run with the Cavs. Career short due to injuries. 1987 is one of the more obvious ones. David Robinson and Dennis Hobson, to be honest, I've never heard of. <laughs> In 1987, we'll go the Admiral there, uh, unless you've got some nope. some intel on nope. old Dennis that can sway my opinion. I didn't Definitely think not. so. Uh, 1988 is not a great one. You had Danny Manning out of a great college career. Charles Smith, I guess we'll go Danny Manning there. Yes. I mean, you could... Yeah, uh, and Stevens note, uh, Steve Kerr was Mr. Irrelevant that year, 1988. Uh, 89 is, I've got to speed this up here. Purvis Ellison, Sean Elliott, we'll go Sean Elliott. Yep. 90, Derek Coleman, Muhammad Abdul Roof. Ooh, that's a little tougher. It is, yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, uh, not Muhammad, Mahmoud Abdul Roof. I'm going to go with uh, Abdul Roof because he had a he had yeah. a nice run with the yeah, Nuggets. Like career was cut short, and Coleman was generally viewed as a bust for a number one pick. 91, Larry Johnson, Billy Owens will go uh, Grandmama there. 92, Shaq and Christian Leitner, as we know. That'll be <laughs> Shaq, number one. 93, Chris Webber, Anthony Hardaway. This is an interesting one, yeah. Sam. Um, just based off longevity, I've got to go Chris Webber. Yeah, probably. Okay. Uh, 94, another interesting one where you got Glenn Robinson and Grant Hill. Uh, yeah, I'm tough. going, I'm going Hill here. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, okay. I agree. 95, Joe Smith, Jerry Stackhouse. We we'll want Stack. Yep. Okay. 96, AI and Sharif Abdul Rahim. You obviously yeah. got to go with Allen Iverson there. 97, Tim Duncan and our man Chauncey Billups. Yeah. Uh, with all due respect to coach, we got to go with uh, with the big funnel runner here, Timmy. Uh, 98 was a bit of a bust. Michael Olua Candy and Rafe LaFrentz, but I would suppose Rafe had the, the better career yeah. there. Blazers legend Rafe LaFrentz. Uh, 99, Elton Brand, Baron Davis. That's kind of a toss up. Uh, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Baron Davis. I agree. Yeah, okay. I yeah. agree. I like it. 2000, Kenyon Martin and Darius Miles. You got to go Kenyon yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, 2001, Kwame Ooh. Brown, Pau Gasol. We're gonna yeah. go with our friend Pau. 02, Yao Ming, Mr. Mike Dunleavy. We're gonna go Yao. 03 was a good one, but it's LeBron over Carmelo. Yeah. No question about that. 04, Dwight Howard, Ben Gordon. We're going Dwight. 05, uh, Andrew Bogut, Darren Williams. This one's tough. Um, I'm going Darren. I'm going Darren, too. Yeah. Uh, 06 was awful. Andrea Bargnani and Adam Morrison. You got to go Bargnani. We're going to say none. We're going to say nobody wins. (laughs) Nobody wins. (laughs) Nobody wins 06. Yeah, nobody wins that. Uh, 07, Greg Oden and Al Horford. Uh, Big Al's got to win that one. 08, Derek Rose, OJ Mayo. We got to go Rose. 09, Blake Griffin, James Harden. It's got to be Harden, but you forget that Blake Griffin at the time was one of the best players yeah, he was incredible. in the league. Uh, 2010, John Wall, Derek Favors. That's pretty obvious. Uh, John Wall, 2011 is great. Kyrie and Ennis Freedom. 
team, all <laughs> philosophical team. Wow. Uh, you got to go Kyrie there, wow. but what a fascinating yeah. one, one three punch there. Anthony Davis, Brad Beal in 2012. You got to go Anthony Davis, yeah. I think, because it, yeah, it yeah. is best. He's best. Uh, 13 is Anthony Bennett and Otto Porter Jr. I almost want to say none for this, but Otto Porter is decent, so yeah, we'll give fine. him that. Although Anthony Bennett, one of the worst first picks of all time. Yeah. 14, Wiggins and Embiid. We'll go Embiid. Yeah. Okafor Towns in 2015 will go Towns. 2016, Ben Simmons, Jalen Brown will go Jalen Brown. Yeah. 2017, Markel Fultz, Jason Tatum will go Tatum. Yep. 2018, Aiton, Doncic will go Doncic. Yep. 19 is Zion, RJ. God, I don't. It's I guess Zion. Goes, it's Zion, it's but Zion. yeah, he's even though he hasn't as good. Edwards and Ball in 2020, Sam. It's Ant. You're going Ant. I'm yeah. gonna go Mellow. Yeah. We'll call it's, that a split. Can we go half each? It's it'll yeah i think we need another year or two okay and then uh, yeah actually for these 21 22 and 23 it's i'm gonna, gonna be call them ineligible just because it's too early yeah. okay so what's the what's the count here the final tally is number one was 20 and number three was 16 that's pretty close pretty damn close i mean the big thing and the reason i came up with this was because jordan was three Right. And Scooter was three. Yeah, exactly. And Wemby was one this year, and they're both expected to be superstars. So there you go. It's it's not as much of a, you know, number one is great, but number three sometimes can be just as good. So that was an interesting little experiment. Uh, that's it for three questions. And that's going to be it for us for a while. We're going to take a little summer vacation. We don't want to be on Dame Trade Watch every week, Sam. Yeah. We need to refresh ourselves a little bit. We'll come back uh, around the time of training camp. Uh, you know, for the start of preseason, we'll do our annual NBA season preview by conference as always. So watch for that towards the end of September, uh, early October. Assuming Twitter is still a thing by then, I will post that on Twitter. If not, look for it on threads <laughs> or Facebook. Um, but so, yeah, watch out for that. And of course, uh, stick and stay with BlazersEdge.com and we'll we'll keep you updated there as well. But um it's been a, an interesting uh, interesting season, Sam, as we officially wrap the book on the 2022-2023 season. And uh, I hope for a much less dramatic 2023-2024 to season uh, that we'll start up here in a couple months. Any final thoughts? Let's, uh, let's really just try to make a way to get a center. <laughs> just get, a, get us a center, please. Get us a center. Please. Get us an upgrade over Ibu Baji. That's, yeah. the, that's the target goal now. All right, that'll do it for us. We'll be back in a couple months, but stay tuned right here on X-Ray FM. Flying Saucer Safari is up next.